Hello, Molo, Sawona, Dumbo, and welcome to Every Nation Durban. We are part of a global family of churches with the purpose to honor God by establishing Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, socially responsible churches and campus ministries in every nation. You can find us in big cities like London, New York, Paris and Joburg. You can also find us in nations like Bangladesh, Botswana, China and even Hawaii. In Durban, we have a local vision of being a healthy church that starts other healthy churches. Our mission is reach, disciple, impact. We want to reach every person, every campus, and every nation. Join this mission to honor God and advance His kingdom. Good morning, everybody. How are you doing? Uh, we are live. <laughs> okay, just give me a second. Let me fix my microphone. It's... Oh, there we go. I'm live. All right. Awesome. Thank you, worship team. That was so incredible. Uh, you know, as we just worshiping, I just um, just got this sense and uh, this thought in my mind that it's so beautiful to worship without the other things, you know, like drums and all these other things where it's more vocal than anything, where you can actually hear yourself and you have this moment where you can press in and engage with God, with the words that we're saying and the words that we are, you know, the things that we're, we're, we're worshipping instead of just the tune and dancing away, which is not a bad thing, but, you know. <laughs> so I hope you had a wonderful week. Uh, I can definitely say for sure Ayanda's week was not great from the emoji that I saw. And um, Wayne's week was meh. Uh, Sisa's week was <laughs> so <laughs> let's just uh, pray, let's pray and trust God that we're going to have, you know, this week, this moment will be a shift and it will be a turnaround to changing your week. And actually, I just, um, you know, there's something that I heard from some lady a couple of years ago. And she said, are you having a bad day or a bad week or are you having bad moments in a week? So there's a different mind shift in thinking about life and thinking about things. Are you going to let that moment define the rest of your week? Or are you just going to acknowledge it for what it is? Just that blip in your timeline, in your whole day, in all, in, in all your time. So we're not talking about that today. Uh, we are continuing with our sermon series, Awesome God. We're doing the penultimate installment of, uh, you know, this is the... This should probably be, this should be the setup before the series finale, and Trish will come and do the, you know, do the most. So, you know, like in Star Wars, there was the Empire Strikes Back, and then there was the last one. So the Empire Strikes Back was the bad one, well, was the good one for the villains. They did all the good, <laughs> they won, and then at the end, uh, they, that's when the heroes won. So Trish will be the starring of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so we wait in expectation for that one. Um, so today we are talking. We've been in our series. It's called Awesome God. We've been looking at the different names of God and uh, how people have interacted and encountered God and given Him names. And He's also revealed Himself in different names to different people. So we're continuing in that in in, in that series. And today we're going to look at uh, the story of Jacob of how he encountered God and how his life was radically transformed with that encounter, well, more of a journey that he walked with God that changed his life. 
uh, from actually from his birth until you know his whole entire life was covered by destiny. So we're just going to focus on Genesis 25 to 35. I'm not going to read all of it. Thank God. <laughs> uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to you know pick up a few snippets in, along in the scripture, but in the in the whole I'm just going to paraphrase here and there. So. Jacob's life starts off in a um, pretty dramatic way. From his conception, he was a twin and he was struggling with his brother in his mother's womb. Like sibling rivalry from when you were just an embryo, getting ready to shape up and ship out. He was already fighting, he was already struggling with his brother. So his life began like his life started with struggle and uh, his mother got a prophetic word that said he's car- she's carrying two nations in her womb and um, uh, they are jostling between each other. The younger will rule over the older. They'll become, he'll become a great nation, a mighty nation. So when Jacob was born, he came out grabbing on his brother's heel. I was like, uh-uh, come here. Where are you going? You're not going to leave me here. I want to come too. So... When, uh, because he was born like that, he got this name Jacob, which means heel grabber, which means you know like uh, you know trickster. It's not a very nice it's not a very nice name to have. I know that in South Africa we have very very like interesting names like you know kuniche, which literally translates to swallow a stone. I don't know what would have been happening when you're giving birth to your baby and you decided, ah, how so cute you look like swallow the stone. <laughs> Problem, um, <laughs> you know, we have all sorts of interesting names, and uh, so Jacob, that was his name growing up. So he was born, he struggled with his brother in his mother's womb, and when he was born, he struggled with his brother, with his father's affection. Uh, his father Isaac sort of liked Esau, his older brother, more than Jacob. And you know, Jake, uh, Esau was more of a manly man. He was more hairier. Probably had a good beard. Didn't shave. Just saying. <laughs> and uh, and uh, you know, Jacob was like, you know, he'd stay home in the tents and you know, just be home. And Jacob and Esau was out there hunting and getting game for his father. So you know, uh, uh, Isaac sort of kind of preferred Esau, but he didn't say it, but he sort of kind of acted like it. You know how like parents are. <laughs> uh, there's this great theory my sister has, which is quite interesting. When I talk to my sister, my sister says, my mom has favorites and you are the favorite. You've always been the favorite. Then I talk to my mom, my mom says, I don't have favorites. I love all of you. So I don't know who to believe. <laughs> so that's how Jacob grows up. So in his life, he has, you know, he's always trying to progress, be, you know, get a step ahead. And we see it when he has, you know, he tricks his brother into giving him his birthright. And then he tricks with the help of his mother. She doesn't have favorites. <laughs> um, to actually getting a blessing, his final blessing from his father. So Jacob sort of kind of lives up to his name of trickster, heel grabber. He was born with so much, he's born with prophecy, with destiny, but he still in him has this trickster element to him. So he does his shenanigans to a point that he has to leave home and he has to run away. 
And, you know, his mother makes an excuse that, yo, yo, you can't marry here. You need to go find a wife there in your uncle's side. But, uh, you know, his brother threatened to kill him. And then his mother conveniently decides that he needs to go find a wife. So, so Jacob runs away, and when he's running away, he has this encounter with God. Uh, you know, if you know Jacob's ladder that uh, is found in Genesis 20, 28, uh, that's when Jacob has an encounter with God in a dream. So in this dream, God says to him, we'll pick it up from verse 13, it says, uh, There above it stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham, and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. All the people uh, of the earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you, and I will watch over you wherever you go. I will bring you, I will bring you back to this land. I will never leave you until I have done what I have promised you. So after Jacob is, has you know, been, on, been a very bad boy and God encounters him and he gives him a promise. Sort of like God living up to his promise that he gave to Abraham and all of that. He's continuing it through Jacob. It's very weird that you know, Jacob did not deserve God's favor. Jacob did not act in a way that God decided to give him this promise. But God decided to give him this promise anyway. So Jacob was um, never the religious type. He was not the frontline Sunday Sunday service dressed up guy. You know, he's had a distant relationship with God. Even when he tricks his father, he says to him, maybe the Lord, your God, had gave me favor. So he never had this really close relationship with God. And then now he encounters God, and God promises to bless him. And Jacob commits his life to serving God, and he promises to tithe to him. But after that, when he gets to uh, his uh, uncle's house, I think that's, you know, life gets interesting for him because he's been the trickster. He's tricked people all along. Then his, his uncle, what's his name? Laban, also decides to trick Jacob. He works 14 years. He, he was there to work for, you know, he wanted one wife. His uncle tricked him to working 14 years for two wives. His uncle tricked him from his wages and his salary. You know, you know, it's sort of, it skipped a generation. <laughs> you know where this is all coming from. So his uncle tricks him and he does all these things to him until to the point, but also Jacob tricks his uncle back. If you want to read an interesting story about sheep that I did not understand, you know, you go right ahead, go read there in Genesis about how Jacob put leaves in front of the trough so when the sheep came to drink, they got marked and so he got more sheep than his uncle. So his uncle's family is very angry with him. And, you know, life is at a difficult point for him. Back home, his brothers promise to kill him the next time he sees him. His uncle is not very happy with him and his actions and how he's lived his life. Now, God appears to Jacob and tells him, go back. (laughs) Which is quite interesting. He's like, go back to your brother go back to your go back home and it becomes a very difficult situation for him because he's between literally a rock and a hard place but he chooses to obey God and he runs and he and he goes off and um on his way towards his family in his uh, back home um he you know decides you know what I'm very scared of my brother because 
news comes ahead and says that his brother is coming towards him with 400 men. I don't know if 400 men justifies a welcome party. It's not even like 400 cheerleaders or a marching band. It's just 400 men. Not even, yeah. So you know what is on Esau's mind. <laughs> Sending out 400 men. So Jacob is afraid and he sends out, you know, cattle and sheep before him to, to Esau. It's like, okay, you know, go to my brother, give him this, and then after a little while, give him this. But he tries all he can, but he's still afraid. So after all he's trying, he decides to pray. Uh, we're on, uh, this is in Genesis 32, uh, verses 9. And it says, um, Then Jacob prayed, O God of my father Abraham, of God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, Lord, you said to me, Go back to your country and your relatives, and I will make, uh, I will make you prosper. I am unworthy of all the kindness and faithfulness you have shown to your servant. I, I, I had only my staff when I crossed this Jordan, but now I have become two camps. Save me, I pray, from the hand of my brother Esau, for I am afraid, and he will come and attack me, and also the mother, the mothers of these, uh, the mothers with their children. So, Jacob, Jacob's life and the way he's lived his life is coming to roost. He's at a dead end now. He's tried all his tricks. He's tried everything possible that he could think of. He has come to the fullness of his Jacobness. And it's failing him right now. He's, he's afraid. He's come up with his wits, all that he has. He's, he's afraid. So he decides, you know... Let me pray. Let me seek God. Let me ask God for favor. And the most interesting thing happens afterwards. I don't know why, but I have my theory. People, a lot of people have their theories. You can have your theory. God decides to wrestle with him. Jacob wanted a blessing. Like, God, I just need to get out of this situation. I have an Esau problem. Please solve my Esau problem. Then God decides, oh God, let's wrestle. And he wrestles with him, which is <laughs> which is quite interesting. Um, in uh, in in, in uh, 30, uh, Genesis 32 uh, verses uh, 24, so this is the encounter of this wrestling match. So God, uh, so Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched. Uh, as he wrestled with the man. Then the man uh, said, Let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, What, uh, what is your name? Jacob, he said. Then the man said, Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with uh, humans and overcome, have overcome. Uh, Jacob said, Please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So I just want to pick up a few things here that uh, I just find interesting. Jacob wrestles with, well, it says a man, but Jacob is asking for a blessing. So therefore he knows that this is God. So he wrestles with, him, with God. And God asks him, what is your name? 
God asks him, what is your name? And he replies, Jacob. It's sort of like in a moment for Jacob to realize who he has been all along. Who have you been all along? How have you lived your life to this point? Jacob. He's been a Jacob. He's been a heel grabber. He's been a, you know, a trickster. And all of these things. He's done all of these things to these people in order to get ahead in life. So God asks him, who are you? And he acknowledges himself. He says, I'm Jacob. I'm in this mess. I'm in this state because of my fallen nature. Because of all that I've done. And then... And then um, God says to him, no longer will you be Jacob because you have wrestled with God and and with man you have prevailed. Uh, If I think wrestle and I read the words wrestle, I think about WWE, The Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, like them pushing each other and punching each other. But this does not look like a wrestling match. This more looks like, you know, like how lions wrestle with their cubs. It's like, ah, you kill me, you kill me. Guess what? I'm alive. <laughs> so it's play play. It's not really wrestling because the, the man or God touches Jacob's hip and he, you know, wrenches it just by a simple touch. So it's not really a wrestling match, but a match to prove a point. That sometimes we have to wrestle with God when we come to the end of ourselves and admit that we have fallen short. They admit that we cannot do any, we cannot do all things in our own strength, in our own nature, we have to go to him and say the same words that Jacob said, I will not let go until you bless me. In the season that we're facing, in this time, in this time that we're in these times that we're living in, it's very important to have that attitude of saying, God, I will not let go until you bless me. So Jacob also asks, What is your name to the man when he's about to leave? And, you know, the man replies, why do you ask me my name? And then he walks away. He blesses him and he walks away. I was interesting, why does Jacob ask, why why is he asking for a name? He's encountered God several times, never asked for a name. Just like God of my father, God of my mother, God of my grandfather, God of somebody over there. Now he's asking, what is your name? So, God blesses him, he finds favor with his brother, and he gets out of his tricky situation. And in Genesis 35, Jacob has another encounter with God. And this time, God says to him, from verse 1, Then God said to Jacob, Go up to Bethel and settle there, and build an altar to to the God who appeared to you when you were fleeing from your brother Esau. So Jacob said to his household and to all who were with him, Get rid of the foreign gods you have with you and purify yourself and change your clothes. Uh, Jumping over to verse 10. God said to him, Your name is Jacob, but you will no longer be called Jacob, for your name will be Israel. So um, So he named him Israel, and God said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and increase in number. A nation and a community of nations will come from you and kings will be amongst your descendants. The land I, I gave to Abraham and to Isaac, I, I also give to you and I will give this land to your descendants after you. So remember in, uh, in, in, in uh, chapter 32, Jacob asked for a name. He didn't get a name. Sort of got like cheeks, like, why do you ask my name? Now, God tells him that I am God Almighty, which translates to El El Shaddai, which means God, all-sufficient God, 
God above all things, God, a powerful God who's above all things, who's able to do all things, all omnipotent. <laughs> yeah, omnipotent. Uh, thanks, Wayne. George got the bit of me there. Um, so God reveals his name to Jacob, but only after Jacob had surrendered to God completely. He says to his family, get rid of your idols, get rid of your foreign gods, purify yourself, and let's go up to, 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 to worship God and to uh, set up an, uh, a, 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 uh, set up, what did he say? An altar to the Lord. So when Jacob finally surrenders 100%, God begins to reveal himself to him. You, and gives him a new purpose and gives him direction and gives, and gives him revelation on what is going to happen and where he's supposed to. He's probably thinking this is the end of his life. He's acquired all the wealth that he could, all the sheep that he could ever wanted, and all that, you know, life could have to offer him. But God comes to him and he says, now your name has changed. You're no longer Jacob. I am God the Almighty. It's very, it's, it's uh, quite cool that God appears to him at this stage in his life because God has proven to him all along that he is the Almighty, that he is El Shaddai. He's shown him that despite the challenges that he's faced, despite all the things that he's done, despite all that he has done all along, God still shows himself strong that I am El Shaddai, that when we surrender to God, he's still El Shaddai, he's still all-powerful. And then he gives him purpose and direction. Your name is Israel. You will no longer be wrestling with man. You will no longer be tricking people, but you will wrestle with God. You are, you are, no, you are God. You are identified by God. You are identified by being favored and being God's chosen one. You are the Almighty's chosen one. This is what uh, God is trying to say to, to Jacob. In the season we're in, church, I really believe that we need to wrestle with God. We are in a state where, you know, we've been learning about the names of God and it can become such an academic thing. El Shaddai, Elohim, Yeshua, Jehovah. You know, it can feel like an exercise to spice up our prayer life. So we can have a little, you know, drop a name there. Drop a name there. So we can, you know, look all... <laughs> like we know what we're saying. <laughs> but it's actually not that. It's um, when we, a person's name is a reflection of what they or what other people, mainly their parents, want others to think of that person. So you know like how people have nicknames that sort of describe who they are. So this is the same thing with God. When he reveals himself, is these names are sort of to describe his character and person. That this who is this is who God is. He is Almighty. He is He's the God who sees me. He's the God who loves. He's the God who restores, who redeems. So it shows the character of God. But you know, just like uh, Pastor Wayne said the other day, is that sometimes our reality does not meet up with what the Word says. He is the God who sees me. He is the God who provides. But currently, it does not feel that way or it does not appear to be that way. And this is moments like these that we actually have to become like Jacob and hold on to him and say, I will not let go until you bless me. There's the reason um, 
why Jacob decides to not, to said, I will not let go, because he knew that he had come to the end of himself. And he can, the only option he's got left is to wrestle with God. Sort of like what Job said. He says, even though you slay me, though I will still praise you. Even though it feels like God has left, I have no other option but to seek the Almighty. To seek Him who is all, all, all powerful. To seek Him who is able to change all and every situation there is. And He wrestles with Him and He grabs a hold of Him. Church, this morning I want us to have that mindset. Instead of sulking and thinking about our problems and glorifying them, let's go to God and grab a hold of Him and say, I'm not letting go until you bless me. I can't do anything, but you are El Shaddai. You are the one who's able to do all things. Let's wrestle with God. Let's grab a hold of Him and not let go. It's quite easy to say, I'm going to wrestle with God, you know, before the situation happens. Quite recently, we've had quite a lot of, of loved ones within the church, family members that have been passing away. It can get to a point where we, you sort of like become indifferent. You sort of like become numb and you step away. So I, I had felt at a point, I'm like, you know, I, I don't think I should, I don't know, why, what's the point of praying anymore? Why should we, you know, it, it, it doesn't make sense. It's just... It's just tragedy after another tragedy after another tragedy. Which in our hearts, it's very easy to, um, you know, get discouraged and trust God for, well, did get discouraged. But also it's very easy for us to trust God for something that hasn't happened. But it's very hard to trust God with our pain and our hurt and our disappointment. He is all powerful. He's El Shaddai. That means even if Things have gone sideways. He still, he still has a plan for that. We should try, We need to learn to trust God with our pain and with our disappointment, because He says He will work all things for the good of those who trust Him and who love Him. Even if the situation has not turned out the way you thought it was going to turn out, He is still the Lord. He is still God. He's still on the throne. Nothing has moved. He still has a plan for your life. Nothing has changed. He could turn the situation around. He could use your pain for a purpose. Only if we surrender it to Him and trust Him with it. And know that. And you know, there's this, you know, like when people pray and have, um, it beca- it's become so cliche when people say, uh, you know, like, God have your way, have your place. It, it's become cliche, but it's so true that God needs to be God in our lives. Which means, despite the challenges, despite the difficulties, despite the uncertainty, we trust in Him. We know that He is all-powerful, regardless of what happens. Regardless of what happens. And we'll not augment our theology, because when we get disappointed, it's very easy to augment our theology and our expectation. You know, like, maybe it's this, or that, or this... Or, you know, like maybe it's just like Bioslim. You know, there's that tiny, tiny fine print or herbalash that says, works with exercise and good diet. Maybe there's a time pr- fine print like that in the Bible. We come up with those sort of short gaps, things to, you know, make things make sense in our head. But the truth is, He is God. He is Almighty. 
He is not changing. He will never change. He is loving. When we have lost people, He's still loving. When we've lost jobs, He's still loving. When we have all these different situations that are coming at us left, right and center, He is who He is. What we need to do is to grab a hold of Him and say, I will not let go. The thing about wrestling with someone is that wrestling is very intimate. You get to you know, pull and hold and tug each other very intimately. I think maybe that's the same thing God wanted from Jacob. To get to that place of intimacy with him. To get to the place of understanding, of proximity. To that place of saying, you know what, I... I am so close with God that despite my circumstances, despite of how situations and things are happening all around me, I remember the touch of, I remember his touch on me. I remember his hold on over me. I remember that encounter. Therefore, I will trust in God's character despite the situation. Despite the issues, despite the problems that I'm facing, I will trust in his unfailing love because I know him. The reason why We've been going through the names of God. It's not an academic exercise. It's not an academic exercise. It's, a lead, it's meant to lead us to a point of intimacy where we actually know Him and we see Him for all that He says He is, for all that He has revealed Himself to be, so that when we face difficult times, so that when we face things that are troubling in our lives, that we don't augment the Bible. But we say, I will wrestle with this, with this difficult moment. I don't understand how I could have you know, got, not gotten this job. I don't understand how I, you know, I, things are happening the way that they are. You know, but I choose to wrestle with God rather than to step away and walk away and isolate myself and sort of come up with my own theology, as I'd like to say. But it's trusting in him and surrendering and, and believing who, who he says he is. In closing, um, I just want to read the scripture for us. It's in 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verses 8 to 10. Uh, you know, last year when lockdown happened and this COVID wave hit us and all these things kept happening, and there's a moment that I actually, you know, I was feeling so overwhelmed and like, God, I don't know what to do. You know, we've tried everything. We, 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 it, this was particular with regards to campus ministry. We've tried calling them, they're not answering. We tried WhatsApp, they don't respond. We have this, we have that, we have this. We've tried everything. What is going on here? And um, I just uh, remember God dropping this scripture in my, in my heart. It says, um, uh, this, is Paul, this is Paul talking to the Corinthians. Uh, we do not want you to be uh, uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the trouble we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we uh, despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death, but this happened uh, that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God, who, uh, who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a uh, deadly... Uh, uh, he has delivered us for such... Uh, for, uh, blah, 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 my tongue. 
He has delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us again. So, this, uh, and it says, on, on him we have set our hope that we will continue, he will continue to deliver us. That, this is Paul talking, is that he has, re- they suffered to a point that they felt like death was upon them. But this happened so that he could stop relying on his own strength, but trust in God. Trust in El Shaddai. Remember his character, remember who he is. Church, let us do that this morning. Let us remember that, that we can come to the end of ourselves and trust in who he is. I just want to pray for you as we close the service and uh, Trish and Wayne will come up soon. Um, just Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Lord, we thank you that you are good. Despite of everything, Lord God, despite of all the challenges we face, Lord, you are good. We praise you, we worship you, God. We surrender to you, Lord God. All our will and all our ways, Lord God. We say, come have your way in our lives, Lord God. Show yourself strong in us, Lord God. We glorify you, Jesus. We lift you up, God. We praise you, God, in, the, in our circumstances, in our challenges, Lord God. We praise you, Jesus, in your holy name, I pray. Amen. God bless you, and have a wonderful Sunday. We hope that you were inspired and challenged by today's message. We would like to encourage you to join one of our connect groups where you can make friends and discuss the word further. You can message us on 072-606-6747 to join a connect group or to send us any prayer needs you might have. To give your tithes and offering, please visit our website www.emdurban.org to get our bank details and zapper code. Have a safe and blessed week.